2: Welcome to the That Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because someone has to be here to stand up for drinking in bathtubs. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Benedict, who hasn't seen the movie, but is pretty sure it's also against shower beers for some reason. Benedict, <laughs> what was the weirdest gift you got for the holidays this year?
3: A PS5. <laughs>
2: okay, that
3: can't be the weirdest. That's not uh, the no, weirdest. Uh, we, I, I actually uh, I, I did a bit of a gift amnesty this year, which was good. Mm, um, good. No no gifts given. And when gifts were given, it was just me and my family mm-hmm. Venmoing each other money yeah. so that we would all, uh, and then just only losing <laughs> just, out on transaction fees. Just sending fees. the same $50 it's, around yeah, in a Exactly, circle. back yeah. and forth yeah. until it didn't exist anymore because of $1 <laughs> transaction fee every time we sent it. Um, so yeah, no, no, I would say no, no weird gifts for me this time. Why? What about you? Did you, Uh, it's that, that feels like it stems from you getting a weird gift. Yeah. I got a,
2: I got a couple of weird gifts, but the one that stands out for me, this happens to me every year for Mm. some reason I get a fucking knife. Like a, like oh, a that's knife. not weird. Why you're is a knife no, guy.
3: What, you're no, a big I'm a knife, knife guy. guy. I am Real not a knife guy. Real knife energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will admit at okay, one point on, in my life on, hold on, I hold was on, a knife Hold on, guy. on, hold 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 on. A okay. cooking knife or like no. a Swiss knife? No. Okay. Like, you're a you're a cooking knife guy. I've considered getting you a cooking knife a before. A
2: folding knife. So, okay. No. Uh, not this this one I'm holding up to the camera here is one of the two Like a switchblade. In this little, like, not a switchblade. It's a folding knife. It's like a, like a, Yeah. I don't know, but it's like it was in like a collectible tin with another life gotcha. that doesn't fold. That just has this insane-looking blade, like a fucking hunting knife of some kind. Uh, I every year, every year, someone gets that me is something weird. like
3: that. I would get you a chef's knife. Like <laughs> I think you're a you're a chef's knife kind of guy.
2: Okay, but here's the honest truth: is this tiny little folding one? I have been using to slice up all my mandarin oranges to get
3: through it. that's so funny like, it just, like, I don't
2: know why I get it but yes it is handy and I have know, been it you know it. the
3: ratatouille music I'm just imagining you like do 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 it's like elle je vais a cuter l'orange
2: omelette de fromage
3: avec ma petite putterie. I don't know what the word for knife in French isn't I don't know
2: either um, if anyone is also wondering why I sound like crap it is because I'd also
3: because uh, he the, always does the hey! worst gift I got
2: was getting sick when i was back home visiting my family for the holidays this year so still partially getting over that yeah uh, i
3: think i i got sick as well i uh, it's it's one of those i think covid and rsv and the flu were all going around so yeah I probably had one of them
2: i did get a text from my mom the other day that my little brother had had a positive covid test and you i probably don't, have covid yeah i don't have any tests in the house so i've just been staying home and and not going out at all. So Feels like you yeah, uh, have COVID. Do that do that for another week and I should be all right.
3: Yeah, you'd be grand. But anyways,
2: Benedict, you probably know what it is uh, yeah. we do here on this program. Some folks, folks who don't have a, a drawer full of random Christmas knives, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they might not know exactly what it is we do here. Also, you didn't comment at all about my opening joke. Which I thought was I thought was fantastic. I thought was I great
3: this week. Don't know what it was. Oh, honest.
2: really? Really? If anyone would have seen that movie that I'm blanking on the name of right now, are salt, you talking? Okay,
3: something? are you talking about Saltburn? Yeah, because that that is a very different type of drinking in bathtub. I'm aware. Okay, I just the joke said, was it, great,
2: and I'm just trying to get. I'm just uh, really trying to get some credit for it here. That's
3: that's fine.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, the it's...
2: only person I ever judge my jokes against are Benedict because <laughs> he's so resistant to ever admitting I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sometimes I laugh. Yeah, sometimes you
2: do. But but yeah. this is a show where we go a deep deep deep, 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 to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative literature, and in between, taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate Not this week, though. Not this week, and actually, we're going to skip most of the intro here this week, Better I'll tell you, because uh, this week we are not doing the usual, um, as we put out on Patreon and on Twitter. This week, we are doing a Listener Mailbag episode.
3: Listener Mailbag 101.
2: I don't know. No, we need to workshop these jingles yeah. ahead of time. Okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but so uh, I think uh, most of our most of our episode today is gonna be hot takes. So mm. I think we could probably skip the hot takes unless okay. you had something so urgent you needed to get out.
3: No, over. I feel pretty good about 2024 so far. It's been a good year today, yeah. oh. as we as we record
2: <laughs> all 20 so, hours of it so far.
3: Yeah, it's. I would say the average hour this year has been better than the average hour last year so far for me personally. Yeah, so there that's- we
2: go. There we go. Not that's so much good. for me. I've been sick the entirety of 2020. Yeah, but
3: I've done no work, so that's good.
2: Well, fine. But Benedict, I will uh, go through a little bit of housekeeping here. Remember to mm. rate, interview us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBC Pod and at NYGBC Ben on Twitter. Uh, updates: I have one update before we get into everything this week uh, on the holiday patron-only special. Uh, which we recorded weeks ago now. I, I Years don't remember ago. how long. <laughs> Literally a year ago. Uh, we laughed at the weirdo's lawyer uh, who went on. I don't remember who he was on with, um, uh, who attacked the Satanic Temple statue.
3: Uh, uh, he was on with Jesse.
2: Yeah, we laughed at him because the lawyer said that blasphemy laws have been upheld by the Supreme Court in the U.S. in the 21st century. I looked into it. The only Supreme Court cases I was able to find in since 1900 have struck down blasphemy laws as unconstitutional. Cool. Uh, Joseph Burstein, Inc. v. Wilson, uh, 343 U.S. 495 in 1952, found a New York law unconstitutional that allowed the censoring of movies that were deemed sacrilegious. Mm. Um, and the most recent case I can find in any court is a 2010 case, Coleman v. Cortez in the 10th District, uh, 723 F. FSUP 2nd 766 which struck down Pennsylvania blasphemy laws as unconstitutional 2010 2010 Pennsylvania still hadn't just taken the time to get them off the books really feels weird really feels weird when that kind of stuff is still yeah. hanging around
3: it's always fun. It's like, oh, you were just allowed to crossbow people until very recently. Like, you there's, do there's... gotta
2: love those weird old laws. In that England, you're just I think you're still books.
3: allowed to like shoot a Welshman that's carrying a longbow. <laughs> I think, like, you know, there's some stuff that's just that's still there that definitely shouldn't be. Uh,
2: but you can't walk across the street on a Wednesday carrying a duck. Um, no. Yeah,
3: uh, as, as you shouldn't be. And actually, should, I would course. I would argue <laughs> that that should also be true on Fridays. <laughs>
2: Anyways, Benedict, uh, we have one new inductee to get... Well, I, I Plus say, all the people that sent questions. It will say everyone who will... has sent questions is getting an honorary induction, but I don't have time to go through the entire list of everyone in a second. And Benedict's voice would get very hoarse before we got into yeah, the, would, yeah. the new episode. But you're all getting special attention because we're addressing your questions. But That's true. we have one brand new patron to induct in the spooky world New World Order. Blah. And then, of course, is our newest patron, Gorlitsa. You are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order Thank you oh so very much Of course if you would like to join the Spooky World New World Order blah, You can tweet or post about the show on social media Recommend it to others and send me a screenshot or tag us in it Leave us a 5 star review wherever you can Or drop me a screenshot and let me know Make a donation to a worthwhile charity become a patron, Or just get my attention with something good With all that out of the way Benedict it, it is time for our Listener Mailbag
3: I'm going to need you not to do that every time but it's male. Yeah. I...
2: Male. Physical. Yes. Male. Stop it. Letter number one comes from Zach Turchansky. Uh, and the letter reads Benedict, mm. for both of you, but especially okay. Kevin, given yep. his law school background, did you have any issues with continuing to read as leisure? After your post-secondary education, I went from loving it more than anything to being unable to do it after being effectively forced to for so long. Do you want to? I think that first? so. We will. We Especially will alternate. Kevin. We can alternate Kay. who will answer first. So I will start okay. off with this one since I was okay. specifically addressed in this question. Mm. Uh, and next time you'll get to answer first. So for Kay. me, definite. I think I definitely have. I find myself reading a lot less fiction than I did before.
3: So, okay, let me let me expand on the question mm-hmm. slightly. How much would you say before law school you would read? Like how many books a year would you I, read?
2: I I was a big reader. I was always okay. a big reader. Um, I read through a bunch. Of, I, I was a big paperback novel reader, is what I read mm-hmm. a lot of. Right, so like all the James, so like Pattersons, John Grisham, James Grisham. Yeah, okay. I've I've read like all the Reacher books. You know, the kind the kind of people who put out one or two books a year. You pick them up at Costco and you go through them in a, a week or two. Uh, so I read. I would probably do. I don't know if I had to guess. I'd probably read like somewhere around twenty to thirty books a year, mm. probably. Um, I definitely read fewer now. I definitely finish fewer books now, uh, especially novel. Well, I don't, I don't know. It depends. Anyway, let me go back to what I was saying. Is that I think part of it might be that my interests have shifted because yep. of all those years in higher education, and I found along the way these topics that I'm just obsessed with now, like you know all the things we talk about on this show. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I guess I would say that my current nonfiction reading still provides me with a lot of leisure, but in a very different way. Mm. Like with, with pre-college, primarily fiction leisure reading, I could burn through a paperback in a couple of days, right? And now the way I read is very different. Like I it will take me much longer to get through any nonfiction books that I'm reading because I'm highlighting and I'm taking notes in the margins mm-hmm. and I'm constantly looking up things as I go through them and I will be you know if if a writer I'm reading something that I enjoy and they reference another book or a, a you know academic article or something, I might stop and go pick that up and, uh, maybe read it, depending on where I am and whatnot, uh, before I even pick the book back up and continue on with it. Um, mm-hmm. So the way I read is way different. Yeah. I think, okay, I do have to change my answer though. Maybe it's not that I don't enjoy reading anymore, that I don't read from le- for leisure. Maybe it's really just that I have an entirely different view of leisure reading now than I did before <laughs> I went through law school and everything.
3: Okay. That's a good answer. I like that um for me so i like kevin obviously has the law school background um i don't know everyone will know my my obviously i did languages but the, the vast majority of that was literature so um i did a lot of close reading of like the great works of spanish and portuguese literature through history basically and 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 medieval from medieval spanish onwards basically um and that he knows I used,
2: every dirty joke from Don Quixote off the top of his head.
3: There's more than one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, it, a, again, it's I, I used to be a speed reader, and I used to read a lot of uh, historical fiction, and I would fly through books. Like I would, I would. You know, stay up late reading all the time. And part of this is because like literally I when I was growing up, I didn't have internet in my house properly beyond yeah. dial up until like after I went to college because my dad just refused to figure out how to install broadband <laughs> or like thought he could do it himself and he refused <coughs> to have a technician come out and then every time it didn't work, it was just like, Well, we'll stick with dial up then. Um so like reading was I didn't really have the internet when I was when I was growing up. Yeah, me so either, then yeah. That affected how I approach books. And I, 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 like I say, I would fly through books. And then at college, I learned how to close read stuff, and it ruined reading for me like, absolutely ruined. You know, I, I, I finished my finals when I was 22 or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to read The Hunger Games. And then there's me, like, highlighting bits of, like, you know, <laughs> accidentally. and just be like, oh, I wonder why she chose that sentences. one. You just, like, doing close analysis of stuff that I don't need to be close to analyzing. And it's just like I had to... Uh, it took me a while to reprogram my brain to be like, no, don't do that with everything you read. Like, it, cause it, it's, yeah, it's just, it's one of those, those habits that you pick up and then you just, you know, you open a page and you just start doing it. Like your brain goes, okay, well that's yeah. why they're doing that. That's why that sentence is structured like that. Blah, 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 blah. I, yeah. And I, I found it really difficult. And I think as well uh, to, to kind of echo what you were saying, my, uh, reading, diet changed in that i started reading more nonfiction, um which i think is I, I don't know why we do that as a as a as a people like we we think and i actually i i think fiction is amazing i love fiction um i wish i read more fiction i just i i find it hard to sit down and read fiction for some reason um, it feels
2: like you're not accomplishing anything and i feel like maybe in the age that we are <laughs> we're constantly looking to complete tasks
3: yeah Maybe, maybe. But also, I mean I think I think the other thing is there's just so much uh fiction of various kinds around us that I, I consume fiction via different media mm-hmm. almost. Um so I will consume consume fiction via movies or via like T V shows or whatever. And that's where I get my fiction fix, I guess. Um from K dramas. mainly (laughs) um i just like honestly like i'm just tired a lot of the time like i I, like i just don't have time like i don't have the energy just tired i am uh, honestly (laughs) i do just honestly want a nap and also like i i i read and write all day for what i do for work so i that that probably affects my reading for leisure more than my college stuff but my in the initial stages after I graduated, I couldn't read because it was absolutely like the close reading second nature that I had just made it impossible for me to do that.
2: Yeah. uh, Good answer, Benedict. I'll say Thanks. since you said good answer to mine, we got to not do that after each other's answers. But do you know what? Really uh,
3: the close reading does help with the fucking stupid shit that we do on this podcast. Benedict, so.
2: how does The Hunger Games compare to The Spanish Masters?
3: Uh it's worse. <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean it, I, I, I could probably it. draw I no idea. I could probably draw a through line if you uh if you indulge me for a second. Alright, we're gonna make I'm Benedict going read to, Twilight this
2: year and compare it to the great absolutely
3: Spanish Not going to do that.
2: <laughs> uh on to the next question, Benedict. This one is from Jacob Johnson. And it is what passage slash sentence from the books you've read so far left you flabbergasted by how nutty slash weird it was. And we might have the same one for this one.
3: I think for me, it's Alex Jones's um, when he was talking about the Ukraine war. Okay, and we he don't was have like, the same one, I'll tell ya. But do you. But know, do you remember that passage where he was like, uh it essentially it was like russia invaded ukraine because ukraine was trying to in- institute digital passports Oh God, and, Ru- yeah. <laughs> and russia <laughs> was like no way vladimir because or russia vladimir. is against the new world russia Order, is a non-totalitarian and- yeah. state yeah um so yeah that was that for me i think that was the that was the weirdest.
2: Was it a vaccine? Pa- I don't remember the exact wording. It, was, yeah, it was. It was together with passport. the vaccine.
3: So it was yeah. like. Well, it was just like everything was going to be like a mobile ID. So it would be like your government ID, where you'd been vac- when and where you'd been vaccinated, all that stuff. And that's why Russia invaded Ukraine, <laughs> Ukraine which is insane. Absolutely like, insane. Absolutely nuts. So yeah, okay. What's yours? Okay,
2: mine might be the only crazier one I can think of than that, which is from, and I think it's the one that fucked us both up the most, from the Shadow Wolves, Mm. which was one of the bad guys describing Steven Seagal's badassery by saying that he could take people's hats
0: off with his (laughs) feet. That was pretty funny. Because
2: honestly, (laughs) like... Dude, you're trying to describe how badass who came up was that Steven or was that the real writer of the book? Which one of the two of them came up with that? Both. Was the writer that was sitting workshops. there and Those. he was going, Man, I really I need a way to describe a badass kung fu guy who everyone's yeah. like scared of. Like wow, they're pissing that's their pants over. Yeah. Gave Steven a phone call. He's like, Hey Steven, how do I describe how badass you are? And Steven's like, Well, I could take people's hats off with their feet. Is a, oh, awesome, dude! That's going in the book. How does that happen?
3: Yeah, that was very weird. There were a lot of weird descriptions in that book. There was, uh, I mean, the the all ever anything and everything to do with snakes in that book <laughs> was so funny. By it's the like, way, I hey, feel there's like... a snake pit. Maybe we'll throw you in it. <laughs>
2: I feel sure. like my best joke of all of last year. Got trampled on during that episode. When I I made a joke, I don't remember exactly what I said, but like we were talking about the snakes, I was like, "Okay, okay, I will. I, I'll spoil it for everyone." What happens is all the snakes come and join onto his body, and he becomes the God Emperor of Dune. <laughs> and, and I feel like that one joke was my favorite one I made the no, entire No, you had year. a funny. You
3: had a joke that made me sweat, and I forget what it was, but it was funny.
2: Okay. Uh, On to the next one, Benedict. (coughs) Yeah, there's going to be coughs throughout the entire episode. Thanks, younger brother. Uh, Starshark sent this one in. Uh. And this one begins, I'm sorry to caricature Kevin and Benedict. It's all right, we paid someone to do that once. It's our Twitter photo. Uh, But unfortunately, the medium tends to boil down personalities to simplifications. Mm -hmm. That apology out of the way, my impression of Kevin and Benedict is that they are two unalike people. Kevin is passionate, almost to the point of hysteria. (laughs) <laughs> not wrong. Ben not is wrong.
3: Unfe- unfeeling.
2: <laughs> and loves listening to dopes act like dopes. That's true. Benedict, on the other hand, is slower to anger, but clearly has no patience for idiocy That's... and doesn't suffer fools gladly.
3: <laughs> i he can suffered take people's hats off with their feet. Unhappily. In my, um, yeah, I, that's probably... Do you think that's fair? Do you think we are on a line? I think
2: the first line there does describe me pretty well. Uh, yeah. Uh, passionate to the point of hysteria and loves listening to dopes act like dopes. That's that's, that's, that's pretty accurate for me, I think. Yeah,
3: I definitely don't suffer fools, but it's in more of a, a cutting way. Like, I will make fun of you without you realizing it.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, it continues. Though at least both of you have a depth of knowledge, but... It seems like it's in different disciplines. And I gather from what you've said on the show, the first of yours that I've heard, that you've done other podcasts together in the past. Yep. The question now, after all that, Benedict, how did you two meet exactly? What is Benedict's social security number? Mm -hmm. What is his mother's maiden name? No. Uh, What are your education backgrounds, roughly, and what made you two decide to podcast together? Uh, Who's going Uh, first on this one, me or you?
3: I think it's
2: you okay so i'll take the first one there which yep. uh, the how did we meet yep. which was uh during college when i was at berkeley i was writing a blog just like you know uh, pseudoscience stuff just just going after weird suit pseudo- i've talked before about how I, athe- I, atheist blog right? yeah yeah kind and of. i it started out because i uh, i got really obsessed with um alex jones one of his uh fake medicine pals uh the mm-hmm. health ranger mike adams So I just started doing a bunch of shit, uh, looking into him and writing about his bullshit on the internet. Um, And so this guy who ran a weird, now defunct, I think, website um, that uh, was supposed to be news but really wasn't news. It was very much people who were very shortly going to be part of the intellectual dark web Mm -hmm. um, reached out and was like, Hey, you want to come write for this stuff here? And I was like, yeah, cool. I could do that. Uh, sounds like fun. Sounds like something to do in between classes. <coughs> Benedict was already there. I have no idea how he got involved.
3: Uh, uh, I had been recently made unemployed from a different website uh, and was just trying to write stuff. You're right, though. It did. It did. It did become quite dark webby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we. But you we, were
2: doing a podcast at the time, and I was just a huge podcast fan. And I think at one point we had like a. a I guess we were considered to be like part of maybe management i guess because we yeah we were
3: meetings. we were editors um yeah but basically i mean i was doing an interview show um and kevin and i had was sat in management meetings and made each other laugh and were <laughs> like hey we should do a show together where we just talk about you know it was a classic like 20... Two, two white
2: guys talk about the news of the day that yeah. no one needs
3: well yeah but it, you know it's a classic like 2017 podcast right mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was that you know um uh, like a very early trump era podcast like mm-hmm. where if we make fun of him hard enough maybe i'll have some shame um <laughs> which did not happen spoiler alert but yeah that was i mean that was we just uh hit it off in, and and we never met in real life until years later right I mean until after I, I moved to think maybe like US.
2: a year later was when you came to to visit in Berkeley. Yeah. Maybe yeah around that but because you were living in the UK still when we started. Yeah 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 um,
3: we were recording on an eight hour time difference. I
2: know um, that was that was not the best.
3: But it was fun <laughs> um, like I, I think uh, I think we learned a lot about podcasting from it I like not that we're experts now by any means but um i think we kind of found our rhythm with it and uh i think it was very like i I do think it was quite a derivative podcast for sure Um,
2: yeah
3: not that that, you know this is this obviously has its inspirations as well but like that was very like oh yeah scathing atheist inspired and, and, and like all that stuff but oh yeah which is fine um do you but you remember I think we it, also, okay, here's the thing I always keep forgetting. We had another podcast.
2: Do you remember our history
3: podcast? Yeah, I liked that podcast. It was good. <laughs> I, uh, it, it, was a, it was more work, but it was it was still fun. Okay, um, your wife did all the writing for your episode. She episodes. did do a lot of writing, um, which was nice. But yeah, it was it was interesting. We just talked about something that happened on the same week in history, um, which was the conceit. Uh, which again was good it was uh, it was good fun but yeah were, were there more questions in there like about uh, background education backgrounds we could do Yeah that I like mean we, I think we we've already answered those, kind of I mean I yeah, have a master Yeah I went to UC
2: Berkeley law school I'd never say what law school I went to uh got to leave a little bit of of yeah, anonymity a little bit of mystery. I don't need I don't need weirdos who listen to this show like trying to harass me and shit but yeah. uh but I went to a good law school uh, yeah and yeah, and
3: I have a I have a Masters in Spanish. Benedict uh, is both
2: toity and hoity.
3: Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's it. that's I, 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 I wrote a thesis on uh, the Poema de Mio Cid, which is the great Spanish medieval literature. So.
2: Fun stuff. Next one, Benedict, <laughs> comes to us from Sarah Wolf. And this question is Has there ever been a book you planned to cover and even taken notes, outlined, and recorded episodes hmm. and ditched it partway through because it got too offensive? upsetting or toxic are there any books you have had suggested that you absolutely refuse to cover um so there's it's me n- first <laughs> there's no oh it's you first
3: it's me first this right. time yeah i think um the the short answer is no um but only because we haven't come across them yet i think there's definitely been video clips where we've cut them from the show yeah um yeah. where we where... get our way
2: through and and benedict just looks at me with those sad eyes and like this this ain't it chief yeah this is just gross
3: yeah yeah and it's just like it just like i have nothing to say that justifies us like putting this out on the air you know like i have nothing that like everybody knows what i'm gonna say about this like there's no point us even continue and it's normally that it's just like i have no commentary that justifies us playing the thing
2: and the one that comes to mind most recently where we did that was the tucker carlson episode where yep. we were doing one of his videos and I hadn't pre-screened it enough to realize that like after like the first minute, it just turns into a fucking transphobic screed. Yeah. Um, and like uh, we try to not, ju- be- because there's enough of that. We can't escape the fact that the one joke is the one joke yeah, yeah. and it exists all throughout the right now. It's just everything we've ever done includes some aspect of transphobia because it's who they are as, as an entity um, mm-hmm. But we try and minimize the amount that we have to force our listeners to deal with that because mm-hmm. we have trans listeners, we have people who are allies, we don't want anyone to be having to deal with that just mm-hmm. gross bullshit. Um,
3: yeah, and I but, think we, we wouldn't put stuff on the air just for the sake of it. Yeah, is okay. the thing. You know, I think, you know, like people know how horrible some of this stuff is like it doesn't need me to say that and i mean when it's helpful and i have something to add to the conversation then i'm i'm fine doing that i just i don't think that's always the case so video clips yes um i also think that like there are some things like and kevin and i have talked about this and we always have a fucking argument about whether we should do the turner diaries and i don't think we should read from the turner diaries personally yeah, Well, on we, the are, we
2: are i will say i it, it is We'll have this out on the show, Benedict. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I, have, I have discussed with you the fact that I have read the Turner Diaries, and I think it's worth discussing its place in right-wing history. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning to do an episode on it. We're not going to do the Turner Diaries like we do a book on the no. show. Yeah, It's exactly. going to be part of an interstitial. It's it's basically going to be me delivering a book report about it and then about Turner, discussing yeah. about the history of the book and everything it's inspired. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. And
3: and like in in the same way, like I wouldn't do a close read of like Mein Kampf because there's just nothing, there's no like it, you know, there's just nothing to say. No, no analysis we could do on the air. That's like, but having said that we have done the fucking protocols of the elders of Zion. So like, but I don't think that's as, you know, I don't think as many people know the contents of that. Like they might know the name, but it. I, I think that that's interesting in a different way. But I think yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a comparison. hard and fast rule on it. I think it's like the Supreme Court pornography thing of like you know <laughs> it when you see it.
2: Well, and so the other th- thing about that question, right? The reason why it's never happened that we've like started on a book and ditched it, I think, is because well, there's two reasons why, right? One is that uh, a generally when we're deciding on a book, we tend to stick with like relatively mainstream figures. So that we're not going yeah, on, we're not them them.
3: on like niche. Pre- and we still get yeah. Nazi views. It's not. Yeah.
2: fucking. <laughs> <laughs> we still do. Um, and most of them are smart enough to know that they can't say what they really think on mm-hmm. paper where it's written down for all eternity for people to know. Um, and, and part of it is also that, you know, when we're picking books like Benedict and I will pitch around suggestions for a couple of weeks and then usually I'll go pick up one or two of them and I'll open them up and take a look and be like, this one's good. I think there's been a couple that I can't remember what they were where I've gotten the book and I've just said there's nothing in here for us. There's no material. There's nothing to work with. It's just kind of boring. Um, I can't remember what those ones were, but I'm pretty sure we've had two or three that've been like that where it's just been mm-hmm. like nah, this one's a no go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, great question, Sarah Wolf. On to the next one from at guy in a sofa on Twitter, and this one is. Do you think there is a way to get people to recognize that they are being fed propaganda by people who don't have their best interests at heart? The Fox v. Dominion lawsuit makes that strikingly clear, but did nothing to move the needle. Is this one my turn? Is it my turn to go first?
3: Uh yeah.
2: So, I mean, I like to think that most people are capable of change. I, I look back on my own history. Um, for some sort of inspiration on that front, right? I was a right-wing shitbag. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of a number of years and a whole lot of luck, I was able to turn around to become who I am today. I generally think that most of the time when people change their minds like that and and their lives in many ways, it's not because anyone went in with an intention to try to get them to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most, most of the time it does come down to a shitload of luck. A lot, a lot, a lot of luck. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are very stubborn in their ways. They don't want to change. Even if they're confronted with information that shows that they are directly wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about all of us who have ever had political arguments with our parents. So all of us, right? Think about the last time that happened. When you pulled out some fact that showed they were just wrong. What did they do? They didn't admit it. No, they went and pulled out some other thing that meant, we, oh, well, you know, uh, it's the old, um, uh, well, the fact that I would believe that was right, it says something about society. Mm. It's something like that that gets pulled out. Yeah. Um, so I think there are ways societally that we can address this by helping to, you know, and, and I don't mean just like through government. I mean, it needs to be like a whole of society approach. I mean, like, we're sort of fucked right now because, mm-hmm. you know, most of our outlets like x twitter and uh, facebook make their money off of this kind of bullshit off of fake ass boomer posts convincing Mm -hmm. people that untrue things are true uh and we need those outlets to be part of the solution to anything like this and they have obviously no interest in being part of the solution
3: yeah um i would take a if possible more pessimistic line Um,
2: impossible if anything is possible it's you being more pessimistic
3: you're normally the more pessimistic (laughs) one i think um i i think no um and, and and i think people that do recognize it are edge cases because i i just don't think most people um examine the and this sounds very snobby but i would also say that it's not just Right-wing propaganda, like I, I would actually, you know, I would make the argument, and this is going to sound very chomskian, but like everything we read is propaganda on some level. Like it's somebody's viewpoint that's being put out.
2: Uh, you heard it here. Benedict is above the left-right paradigm.
3: I'm not above the left-right <laughs> paradigm. I'm, I, I, I'm just aware that you know things don't get published unless somebody wants them to be published. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's there. There is a bit of like manufactured consent that comes into all of this and that's my my biggest like conspiracy theory probably (laughs) but 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 you know what i mean like it you know even like resources have to be allocated from somewhere in order for stories to get told so like everything ultimately is propaganda at, at some level um having said that obviously like it's a lot worse in some other areas um and i just don't think that people are ever willing to recognize that the facts they believe are propaganda and it's exactly the the same thing like it's not even like the fact that i believe that it it says something to me it's like i have facts that show you're wrong like even if You know, it's the Kellyanne Conway alternative facts thing. Like, Mm -hmm. if you can give people things that will... Like, it's anything that supports your viewpoint. And that's the thing. Like, there is so much news these days that there is always going to be... And, you know, we see this with, like, the the money laundering, like, the opinion laundering that happens with spin, basically. It's like something happens and then, like, even whichever right-wing commentators are like, oh, fuck, that's too far. And then they'll say something, they'll figure it out, they'll do like, a, oh, actually, like, if you think about it yeah. in this way, and then suddenly that becomes the party line, which it's is, you the, know, exactly what you see with the, like, uh the 48 hours
2: after January 6th.
3: Exactly, exactly. That's exactly the example I was going to use of, like, Hannity was like, no, fucking stop. And then he was like, well, actually, like, it was probably Antifa infiltrated, like, within you know 48 hours as you say yeah. so i i just think information moves at such a fast speed these days and like iterates within ecosystems so quickly that there is always a reason not to believe the other side's facts and i just think anyone that's like plugged into and look this is this is this is me thinking about it from a very online standpoint which not everybody is so I think if somebody's really plugged into the online ecosystem and has a has a bubble around them of whatever kind, I think no. If someone's normie, then maybe. Like if someone just watches Fox News, and that's it, but otherwise lives their life, then maybe that maybe there is yeah. hope there. But I, if I will someone's... say,
2: because I feel like in the past I've been very negative on this, and people, you know, as people come to me as someone who has come from that side, from being a right-wing shitbag to now being decent, I hope, um, and and look for, you know, advice on, like, how to make these changes in people. I feel like I've been very negative, that there's no possibility. I'll say that I, I don't know if you can actively get someone to change their mind, change their ways through trying to, you know, confront them. If there is anything you can do to help it, it is by, you know— remaining there, remaining a decent human being, exposing them to new people and new experiences, which I think was part of it for me, going to community college, meeting new people, um, yeah. all that sort of stuff that that helped me get out of that way.
3: Mm-hmm. But that's a natural evolution, right? And I think, you know, it, it has to start with like, hey, here's someone you might like that's not too far from your world. Like you can't throw like... Someone super liberal, imi- imi- like, you can't be like, hey, here's fucking... Super liberal? You mean yeah. Hillary Clinton? Yeah, exactly. You can't... <laughs> but like, I'm, trying- I'm trying to think of like a-, like a woke comedian. I don't know. I, I can't uh, do it off the top oh. of my head but um, like mayb- maybe maybe you have-
2: wolf there you go D- sure
3: but maybe you have to be like hey here's a like dirtbag left comedian try that first like I you don't know. know man
2: that might also go down a pretty bad path it depends well, it
3: goes a different way but like you know that's closer to closer to the the edgelord uh, so, you, whatever
2: <laughs> uh all right but on to our next question which comes from taru Takanen. taru Takanen mm-hmm. asks what type of right wing videos are the most fun slash least infuriating to watch? Uh, I think we're gonna have very different answers on this one, but I think it's your turn to go first.
3: Okay, um, for me, I think it's the uh, the book club ones we've done, the Michael Knowles book club.
2: R- Why?
3: I just find them fun. I like I mean, them. I like it's it's it, it reminds me of what it is to like actually. Uh, do interesting books while we like mostly <laughs> mostly don't do that. Um, those are fun. I like. I have enjoyed some of the Alex Jones stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I, I, I like those um, and anything that Dave Rubin's on that I can just go ideas.
2: <laughs> it is always fun to do that yeah. voice. Yeah. Uh, for me, without a doubt, it's gotta be uh, the the TBH history. I those are fun. TV yeah, those, those are fun.
3: I do yeah. like those. But so I think I'm, maybe Tart Cannon's
2: question might be asking like about less specific videos. It might be asking about like categories, yeah, of yeah. videos. Like like uh, like what what type of video? As in like you know um, what characteristics the video have make it most fun or least infuriating to watch. And for me, I'll just say that it is I like it when videos are confronting us with what they claim are facts.
3: Yeah, those are good. Those are less inferior, I think.
2: Right. Because when we're doing like John Birch society, when we're doing old man, John Birch, and he's just doing two straight minutes of a reinventing the wheel analogy, yep. like there's not much to do there. I find it fun and I laugh at it, but it's not, it's not a ton for me to do. I like, as I do with our books, I really like it when the videos give me something to dig into mm-hmm. and I can pull up some shit and be like, look how they're fucking lying about this. I really like that. That really does it for me. Okay. On to the next question, Benedict. Uh, Dodd Snow asks, mm-hmm. I came across an old copy of William F. Buckley's Who's On First in a drawer at work, but haven't had time to read it yet. It sounds like it's mostly his version of James Bond fighting the commies. Would you ever want to take on a book from a series like that? Maybe his bonus content could be a rich vein of crazy. That's part one of the question, Benedict. Uh, uh, hell and, uh, yeah,
3: is the answer to part one of the question. <laughs>
2: somebody want to set us the collected set, we'll get right to it. Um, And part B, also, are you going to do more Tucker? I'm starting to get the withdrawal shakes now that the Tuckered Out podcast ended. Um, We've considered Tucker in the past, and I think part of it is that he is... I think he does need to be addressed by somebody in the way that, like, the Knowledge Fight guys do Alex Jones. I wish there was somebody out there doing that. I listened to the Tuckered Out podcast until they just stopped. Um, they just just disappeared. I guess they, t- they said they were going on, like, a vacation and then just never came back. Um, but there, I think somebody does need to be doing that. I don't know if that's our place to be doing that because that's, like, a fucking full-time job. Even yeah. though he's just putting out episodes on Twitter now. His shit is so toxic. So incredibly toxic and so dangerous. I mean that literally. He engages in open stochastic terrorism. Um, I think he's one of the most dangerous people in the country, other than Donald Trump. Um, Yes, his platform is much lessened now that he's not on Fox News, but there is a large group of people who still ravenously follow Tucker. Um, Mm -hmm. We've talked about doing a Tucker book in the past, but all of his books are just garbage like is one of them is just excerpts of, of shit he's written over his career in magazines and there's nothing if he puts out something new in the near future I think we definitely have to do it we would definitely yeah
3: do I don't want to go through and do his videos and stuff particularly um, just because there's a lot of them and I they are like he's very off the deep end at the moment mm-hmm. um, but yeah I would do a Tucker book definitely
2: yeah uh, on to the next one Ben there's our last question today from Sarah Wolf. Has there ever... Oh no! Wait a minute! I just... Uh, yep, that was a recopy of the other Sarah Wolf question. So I guess uh, Don Snow's question was our last. Guess class. we're done. All right. <laughs> I guess that's. Do it. you want
3: to ask me a bonus question? A bonus a, question. Yeah, as a, just because you said there was one more question.
2: Benedict, bonus question for all the points: five hundred mm. points. Um, in the Hunger Games, mm, who no. is the first character to be killed in the first Hunger Games? I don't know. I don't know either. I was going to no. Google it if you gave me an answer and see if it was correct or not. <laughs> sure. No, Benedict. I have a much more fun way for us to end the episode. Okay. Today. And that is because we have a very, 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 very special, special listener uh, who went and found something incredibly amazing for us. Um, and I'm, you know what? I'm just going to start playing it here and you'll know exactly what it is as soon as it gets going. And I'm, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you about it in a minute.
0: Okay. We now take you live to the Central Texas Command Center and the heart of the resistance, rallying patriots worldwide. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show.
2: Okay, I have never played his intro for you, and can you admit that is a rad fucking intro.
3: It is, yeah. Is this the Steven Seagal on Alex Jones This is the Steven Seagal
2: on Alex Jones. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. All right. So, super huge thanks. I cannot believe that when we did the book that I or either one of the books, right? We did one them right after the other. I can't believe that I never found this that Steven Seagal was on the Alex Jones show. He's on for like a full hour and a half. It's ridiculous. We're not doing all of it, obviously. No. But uh, uh, I'm going to play a little bit more of this intro here because Alex does uh, promo the uh, the, in- the interview he has coming up, so you can hear that.
0: Kicking off another global transmission, it's Monday, already the 15th day, wow, of January 2018, we're going to be live here, my transmission, for the next four hours, then, The War Room with Owen Schroyer, Roger Stone, and others. Okay, so much to get to, obviously. Uh, I just finished uh, taping, but basically taped to air like it was live, a in-depth hour and a half interview with Steven Seagal and he seems like a smart guy in short interviews I've nope. seen but really smart Absolutely on air not. when he had an hour and a half
2: I watched the entire hour and a half Benedict I don't know what you would get where what point you would take from it that there is anything going on in Steven Seagal's brain other than just doing the we are men other than like song. I'm
3: so hard I'm such a hard guy I could take <laughs> Alex Jones
2: <laughs> I do honestly think he would believe that. But yes, amazing thanks to Mike Thunder. You are, you are my king. You are my prince. Uh, you are everything I've ever wanted. Uh, I'm so excited that we have this. So Bennett, this was uh, January 15th, 2018, is when uh, he was on this show. This is right around MLK Day. It might have been on, I think it was MLK Day that this was recorded, because they keep referencing Martin Luther King. It's for all the horrible reasons, you know, right? Uh, yeah. At one point, like Alex is like, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, you know, he was a Republican and uh, up up, right up until right before he died, obviously. And, you know, he's, he's do, still today doing so much good. If you you read his writings about not judging by the color of your skin and all that. Mm, yeah. The one uh, thing
3: they know about Martin Luther King.
2: Exactly. Uh, and also, Alex, because according to Alex, liberals are trying to remove MLK's name from colleges because he was a Christian. It's really strange. Really, really
3: strange. No, they're not.
2: (laughs) They're not. So he's hyping the Steven Seagal interview the whole show. He keeps going back to it, talking about how huge it is, how amazing it is to have Steven. Steven usually only does like five or ten minute interviews Mm -hmm. on the mainstream media, but he's with us for an hour and a half. It's great. It's amazing. Um, But he does start talking at one point about Steven Seagal's sexual harassment allegations that have been made against him because... And I have a sneaking suspicion since this is 2018, right around the time that a new set of, a new round of allegations were made against Steven, uh, that this was part of a PR tour to try and combat those new allegations. So, very, very, I will say, certain that that's exactly what was going on here.
3: <laughs> very, very,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> he also had James O'Keefe on during this show at one point to talk about some stunt that James O'Keefe was doing. It was like, um one of his many he, you know he went and recorded people uh, twitter employees talking about how like they had access to people's dms or something like
3: that did you see that the project veritas is basically going under under like
2: I, a huge lawsuit now i did i uh, yeah and uh, what's her face i forget what her name was but the former the ceo resigned yeah just and resigned was like, ah. it was like there was fraud look my hands look i'm holding my hands up i have nothing i am not taking anything with me i'm done uh, of course, uh, of course they're going to do that. So anyways, we will jump in uh, right when Stephen is about... Well, okay, so Alex said there at the beginning, he pre-recorded this with Stephen. So at some point, about two hours into the show, Alex is done for the day, and he just starts playing this pre-recorded interview he did with Stephen Seagal, and that's what's going to be the remainder of the show for the day, the remainder of Alex's episode. So we're going to jump in right when Alex is coming in to introduce Stephen Seagal. Calm.
0: From the front lines of the information war,
1: it's Alex Jones. I have a dream. Yeah,
2: yeah he keeps playing Martin Luther King's stuff throughout the whole episode, just, just randomly.
1: And my four little children will one day live in a nation where
2: they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by there the content of their character.
0: I have a dream today. The one quote they know. The yep. one
2: quote they know.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this Monday edition, the 15th day of January 2018. And we are joined uh, via Skype from Japan by Steven Seagal, the famous actor and, of course, famous uh, black belt uh, in martial arts, a friend uh, of Vladimir Putin, of course, a friend of uh, President Trump, uh, oh, a friend good. of so many. and friend of, of well-known great people worldwide. Friend
2: of so many. Friend of so many.
0: ...American patriot uh, who we notice has been demonized in the press quite a bit as of late. In mm. fact, I noticed... Just last Friday, and then a few weeks before that, on the same uh, shows of Stephen Colbert, I'm attacked, and then next is Steven Seagal. One voice of calm in these
2: troubled times is right wing radio host and furious cashew Alex Jones. We'll be right back with funny man Steven Seagal. They've. Got- okay, does that. I. Mm, Alex does this a lot, right? Because Colbert has a whole bit where he's doing mm-hmm. an Alex Jones thing, right? The Tuck Buckford thing. That's supposed to be an Alex Jones yeah. joke. And Alex seems to think he's being attacked because he's so correct. He doesn't really, well, he knows. He knows the reality. He's attacked because he's a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. That bit exists because Alex is a laughing stock. Or yeah. should be in a just world. But
0: fine got a script it is simply incredible and then next they go into trump oh
2: but you did hear there where he said it's like they got a script
0: yeah the well, yeah.
3: tv show yeah it has the a script.
2: colbert show right no but what how Al- you know what alex means alex means that the globalists are handing out this sophisticated oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. script playbook of, yeah of non-sequitur jokes about alex's appearance To Stephen Colbert,
0: yeah. And I've been told by people inside entertainment, inside so-called news, that we are on a hit list. And you know George Soros is also on record, uh, funding Media Matters and others, literally coming out of the woodwork Uh, against everything we're doing because we are nationalist, because we're promoting peace and justice, uh, because we uh, we don't want to have war with Russia, because we're concerned about communist China. These are all the things that, if you check them off on the box, makes the deep state come after you. Well, Steven Seagal has also now written a What has Steven
3: Seagal been going? That may, has made the deep state look come after him. Like, nobody cares about, see, I'm sorry.
0: Well, Benedict, you're about to hear what Steven Singer okay. has done. Okay, written a best-selling novel, yeah. ...selling book, dealing with the wolves of the deep state, dealing uh, yes. with all the incredible things that are happening, but the main... Alex has not read
2: this book.
3: Alex no, has dealing with Dolby's. <laughs> That's such a Trumpian, like, <laughs> he's written a book about incredible things, uh, big things... Uh, <laughs>
0: Dealing with all the things that are
3: happening. <laughs> yeah, it's becoming more and more relevant right now. Very, uh-huh. very relevant.
0: Uh huh. In reason, I'm very excited to have uh, Mr. Uh, Seagal on today. Is to deal with this incredibly clear deep state operation with Gloria Allred and her daughter Lisa Bloom, where they go after okay. every. So it goes on like
2: this. It it's insane. Alex has been talking for I don't know two or three minutes now. Steven is just sitting there oh, cool. on a Skype camera with his, his Apple headphone, which is the only microphone he's going to have the entire time. So it sounds like absolute garbage. But nice. Alex still does not let him talk for another two minutes. We get five minutes of Alex talking before Steven actually gets to say a single word. It's crazy. I don't know how you're supposed to do a radio show and do this to people. But so we finally get to the point where Alex is ready to shut the fuck up. After he just he's going on a tirade about Lisa Bloom and Weinstein Classic. and how it's all really about coming after Trump. But then finally, Stephen is going to say
0: some words. I'll come under total deep state attack. Uh, now, that's my statement on it. Let's get right to uh, Mr. Seagal, who says he's going to give us a wide ranging in-depth interview on this uh, on what, what, uh, he says. He has evidence and in intel on pedophile networks in Hollywood and that they're cool. using all of this as well. I mean, is it surprising to us that Stephen is Q-pilled? No. Is it surprising to Not us? to us, no. We've no. read his book. Are we kidding? <laughs> to try to cover up what's happening there. So here we go. Mr. Seagal from Japan, thank you for joining us.
1: Well, let me start out by saying that today's Martin Luther King Day. He is a tremendous patriot an amazing force in American history. And uh, I'm honored to be here on your show and to pay
3: homage to my look came today. Uh Great. Top, thanks Stephen. that I love
1: the United States of America and the Constitution. And it's- He is so clearly
2: reading a pre like a, a pre-written message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> and he's holding up what looks to me like a giant hotel envelope. Like, up to the point where, like, the camera can see it and he's waving it around. It's like
3: a manila envelope.
1: Well, I think he's
2: been, like, taking notes on it while Alex has been talking this entire time. Because Alex has been talking for five fucking minutes while Steven's just sitting there. So, I'm going to skip past most of the beginning here, right? Because most of this is just stuff about his sexual harassment complaints and them just claiming that everyone who accuses everyone are globalists. Steven says at some point that he thinks 60% of accusers are making up their claims, which is just gross. Great, yeah. Uh, But I did want to get you a little bit, a little portion from this, uh, from right around here, which I thought was pretty, let's say, informative.
1: You know, also thank Liam Neeson for coming out and being brave enough to say something. When people say it's a witch hunt, it's worse than any witch hunt America's ever seen. Pause that.
3: Uh We literally burned witches.
1: (laughs) Yeah But
2: Okay Benedict Um Some Older white men Are being forced To see consequences Do yeah. you not understand How this is worse?
1: McCarthyism its worse than McCarthyism And the the, the the sad part is Everybody From every agent To every studio head To Uh, uh Every actor They're all afraid To come out And tell the truth And this what is, is it? what's did
3: he, Had he just Did he just say Liam Neeson supported him? He
1: did No Okay, I don't think he said
2: Liam Neeson supported him. I think I do recall that Liam Neeson made some comment at the beginning of Me Too, which was kind of shitty of him. Okay. And I think maybe he was saying, I'm glad Liam Neeson came out. Because, of course, a a real movie star saying something has more impact than Steven Seagal saying something. For sure. Yeah. This is what's
1: killing America. And by the way, Alex, uh, you know who's behind these people. Who are Who
3: is
2: behind
1: this? Who is it,
3: Stephen? Tell me. Who
1: is it, Stephen? Who is it? Working uh, uh, the fake press and uh, people who are just doing this for whatever, you know, whether it's money or wanting to be famous, wanting to assassinate their uh, enemies. Uh, We have a situation here where this is ruining our country. And if you know and you do who's behind this, really. This is treasonous. This is going to, if we don't change legislation that will stop these people from doing this, I think America will eventually collapse. And I think these people who are doing this uh, are guilty of treason. I think that treason is one of the biggest, nastiest crimes that one can commit in the United States of America. As you know, if convicted, it can be punishable by death.
0: Wow, what a cliffhanger. Uh, This is the first uh, (laughs) segment of a wide-ranging interview that Mr. Seagal has agreed to do. Wow, what
3: a cliffhanger. And now let's hear from my dick pills.
2: (laughs) That is what we get Ned. ad for coming. It might not be the dick pills, but it's some form of his bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen. So, um, boy, Benedict, uh, what kind of money would you put down on guessing whether or not Stephen at any point in this hour and a half says... Who they are? Do you think he would say it? I would
3: put a thousand dollars that he doesn't.
2: He does not. You are correct. I'm not giving you any money. Okay, uh, but uh, he does not. At one point, Alex tries to get him to say that it's China because mm. Alex, like Alex, is very experienced in having anti Semites on his program. Who are trying to say the quiet part out loud, uh, but Alex has to redirect them so that they don't. Um, and he like tries to at one point insinuate that it's China, and is like, uh, "Stephen, could you just talk about how uh, how China doing all this?" And like Stephen's just like, "Well, you know, the Chinese—they do their planning hundreds, thousands of years in advance." Um, I love the Chinese; they're great people. I'm not going to say anything negative about the Chinese. I'm just saying that they're go- they're great planners. Mm. It's very it's very <laughs> sad for Alex. If you- <laughs>
3: If you read Sun Tzu's *The Art of War*,
2: <laughs> honestly, okay, I, I I think we got the implication from reading *Shadow Wolves* that the authors are definitely anti-Catholic. They definitely think that the Roman Catholic Church yeah, is part yeah. of the the globalist scheme. Um, I don't remember if we got any direct instances of like obvious anti-Semitism, other than I think some of the names of some of the characters. Some of them had some stereo. The, the bad characters had stereotypical Jewish last names. So, you know what? I will let people make of it what they will. But I am not going to be giving Steven Seagal the benefit of the doubt here. Good. On who they Wrap it are. up, <laughs> Benedict. That brings us to our next section here. I'm just going to play it, and you can come up with your own conclusions. Alex
0: Jones Show. Edited, you're going to be able to actually hear from him what he actually stands no for Edison. and what it he believes. like shit. <laughs> I know every time I see him on U.S. or British or Russian or Japanese television, uh, it's amazing what he's saying. And every time we play clips on the show, it's some of the most…
2: Okay, I can tell you as someone who had to find clips of Steven Seagal for an entire, I don't know, what was it, couple months long uh, review of that book… Um, uh, never once have I seen him say anything profound or more profound than that time he pushed a comedian into a fountain. I don't, I don't think that we saw anything profound from Steven. No.
0: Viral videos that we put out, but it's always three, four, five minutes on a show. He said he'll stay with us over an hour. So enough of Alex Jones. Let's go right back to Steven Seagal. Steven, uh, we just left off for folks that joined us. You said this covert deep state action, which they admit they're involved in, it's in the WikiLeaks, to target the the globalist enemies with fake sexual charges uh, being directed by the most dirty system in the world. By the way,
2: we just picked up after the commercial break the part where, where Stephen stopped talking, that was right before the commercial break. At no point did Stephen say any of this stuff that Alex is saying he said.
0: We heard it. We heard yeah, it all. Yeah, World Hollywood <laughs> is threatening to bring down the country, and I think that really is their plan. Please continue with what you were saying earlier. The most genius
1: thing that they have done is they figured out a way to control most of Hollywood. They figure out a way to control Ooh. 99% of... See,
2: and, and just bringing that up, the fact that he says that, he says Hollywood, and I think he says the media. Like, the stereotypical trope is that that's the Jews, right? That's the anti-Semitic trope. Yeah. So that's why I just assume that Stephen's an anti-Semite. Nah, maybe it's a good assumption, maybe not. I think we have some evidence for it.
1: In the press, once they did that, they felt that they controlled the mind... Uh, and the future of most of the uh, average citizens in the United States of America. This was a complete tragedy, and this isn't just about me. As you know, it's hundreds of people now in Hollywood and around the world. People like Richard Branson, who's done nothing but good for the United States and, and, and other countries.
2: People like Richard Branson, who has done nothing but good for the United States?
3: Yep. What is
2: Steven on?
3: Cocaine.
1: (laughs) Would not be surprising. You know, it's hundreds of people that have been uh, accused, and many of those people uh, are completely and absolutely innocent. And as far as I'm concerned, almost all of them are completely innocent until you're giving them due process. And that's why I think it needs to become criminal if people wanting me and knowingly make up false things that can destroy people's lives without evidence, proof, witnesses,
2: stuff like that, and that is why Stephen stays outside of the United States, uh,
3: most always, of the time. most yep. of the
2: time. Yeah, let's just say Stephen uh, cannot so land on
3: American soil.
2: The next topic they dive into. Uh, we're not, by the way, we're not doing this entire interview. I'm going to save some because I think maybe we might do this for a patron only. I, I think, think this we, uh, should be the last bit. Uh, Well, you might be wrong. Uh, Well, you uh, might lose the fucking guest, so
3: (laughs) this is the last bit.
2: The next topic they dive into is Steven Seagal's claims about pedophile rings in Hollywood, which I'm also mostly skipping because it's just QAnon shit, and Steven's very repetitive with anything. It's Alex trying to guide him to say things, really, more than anything else. He doesn't make any claims even, really. It's just, he just repeats what Alex says about having sources in the government, really. Uh, But Alex is even more openly appealing to QAnon at this time, right? He because he, he says something about how Trump has authorized mass arrests and Alex has top law enforcement sources that there are huge raids going on on the East Coast just last night, which point Stephen jumps in immediately and says, oh, oh yes, we, we were involved with those raids. We, we know. We <laughs> Stephen Steven
3: lawman, was involved in those raids.
2: Stephen, who is sitting in a hotel conference room on his MacBook, Yes, I'm sure he was involved with those. So they go to break again. They come back to talk about Putin and Russia in particular. That's what Alex says, is when we come back, we're going to talk about Putin and Russia. But of course, there's more stuff that they get to before they do that. Um, And Stephen does approvingly half remember a quote from neo-Nazi supporter Michelle Malkin along the way. Uh, but, but despite my desire to skip all this QAnon nonsense, there was this part right here that I just absolutely did have to play for you. So we, we, can't, we can't skip all of the Nazi shit all the time, as much as we might try.
0: Your mm-hmm. Hollywood sources.
1: Well, the intel is coming in from now, and we're getting a lot of it. But speaking of lies, I just wanted to say something else that, that, that we've talked about, and that is, Adolf Hitler did something oh, okay. very, very interesting.
2: Adolf Hitler said something very very interesting Benedict he that's said something bad. very very interesting
3: you you don't have to hand it to him no
1: you don't no you don't publicist said something very very interesting and his publicist was as you know paid to fabricate and lie about a multitude of situations uh, including activity activity with Adolf Hitler and one of the things his publicist,
2: said was. Do you know what he's going to be referencing here? Can you guess what he's going to be referencing here? No. Okay. If there is one, th- there's one quote they know about MLK. What's the one Hitler thing they know?
3: I truly. It's
1: the big lie. It's the big lies. Yeah. Movies. Okay. Fair enough. If you tell a lie enough time, it becomes the truth. And Wasn't that a, a Goebbels lie, thing anyway?
2: It is... it is. Well, it was in Mein Kampf.
3: I oh, was it? Okay. that. That's where it God comes from. Thing. Yeah. Okay.
2: No. So, uh, th- yeah. I just I could not not play that for you. Uh, but so Alex claims next that Stephen got onto the show with him because high level U.S. intelligence set it up. They no, wanted they didn't. to make sure. No, they did. Stephen and Alex got together, and Alex asked as if you can't Steven, just
3: call Steven Segal at any hour of the day and be like, Hey, you want to be on TV? And then, then a- Steven's like, Yeah.
2: I'm pretty sure we could get Steven Seagal on this 100%. show. A
3: hundred percent.
2: I'm pretty sure we could just send him like, hey, look, here's a podcast episode we did about your book. You want to come talk to us? He would never listen to it and agree on the spot. I am hundred percent sure. Uh, <coughs> but uh, it's, such, it's just such an amazing moment. Like it's two bullshitters bullshitting. And Alex jumps again straight from that back to the Colbert stuff. It's just I, I'm going to make you sit down and watch some Alex Jones at some point, because you need to see what a masterwork of bullshit this absolutely is. So after another entire segment and a break, they come back, and finally they get to what Alex has been saying they go- they're going to talk to for like the last 20 minutes, which is Putin. Alex has been promising they were going to talk about Putin, and finally they come back and they're going to talk about it.
0: Many many years, more than a decade. Uh, he was, uh, you know, a sheriff's deputy. You name it. That's one of the most dangerous jobs, like a volunteer firefighter. In, in most of these small counties, that's all there is is volunteer firefighters. I've got family that's been seriously burned and, and gotten smoke inhalation being a volunteer firefighter. And then people like Colbert make fun of Mr. Seagal, saying he's served this country and served this flag. Sorry, so if you don't I do uh, None of uh, it
3: connects. None of
2: it no. makes
0: sense. So he's like, hey, uh, he was a sheriff's deputy.
3: And by the way, one of the most dangerous jobs in America <laughs> is volunteer firefighter, which you'll note is not the same job. <laughs> 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 and was like, And then he, Mr. Colbert has the audacity to make fun of him <laughs> for being a volunteer. Nope. Sheriff's deputy. That's uh, okay. All right, man. None
2: of this makes sense at all.
0: Firefighters and police officers serve this country. Just as much as our military does in many cases, you're full of crap. And again, that's why they attack people like Seagal, because they know he actually cares about the country. I think they're attacking him for
2: all of his lies about being a sheriff's deputy and being in the special forces and all the other shit he's lied about.
0: People like Colbert making his little joke last week. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and two weeks ago and a month ago, always the same joke. And he dresses up like Steven Seagal saying, Steven Seagal says he served America, though he never did it. Well, you know what? He's serving America today, defending this republic from globalists, trying to take it down and standing with our president and all of you. You know what? He
2: is serving today, Benedict, against the globalists
0: that stand for this republic are serving this country in its darkest hours when the country's starting to come out of its coma. Now, I'm going to stop ranting because I want us to get time with Steven Seagal. Uh, Steven, I want to get into why they fear you, why they're demonizing you, why they're attacking you, uh, you know, even though uh, you've not even been that public of a person, uh, they're coming after you. Let's get into why they fear you. I know you don't want to talk about yourself, but we talked for hours this weekend. I mean, you were nailing it. You were, I mean, just so just so you've got the floor.
1: We have a... What was the question?
3: There wasn't one.
1: Okay. Situation where you look at geopolitical global crisis. We are in a crisis right now. The world is in a crisis. We have to look at the geopolitical balance of power. I have always felt that Russia and America should be brothers. I have also always felt Classic. that. Russia wants to be our brother. I've also always felt that there has been uh, billions and billions of dollars uh, put into demonizing Russia and amazing propaganda demonizing uh, President Putin. And, and I think that it's an outrage. And it's not just an outrage, it's really bad for our future in the sense that if Russia and America become brothers, we have a real chance to have a greater peace in the world and a more chance of global survival. Ben, I, I want you
2: to think back to earlier when Alex talked about how brilliant Steven Seagal is. Mm, yeah, no, uh, this, this is a pure uh,
3: example of that. I just
1: want to bring that back up America
3: and Russia are brothers. brothers. Honestly, long lost brothers. Mm-hmm
1: outraged when I see the kinds of things like when they say, oh, you know, I don't remember, there's a 27 or 37 or 57 intelligence uh, uh, agencies in America all said that Russia and Putin hacked the election. Well, certainly we don't have that many. And as you know, that's been debunked. They never found any proof that I know of. And and yet, you know, the, the public sort of believes that narrative because, as you know, uh, those people pretty much control the processes. Those that. people?
3: Uh, those well, people? Well, you know, the good thing is, if if uh, Alex didn't have a question, Stephen definitely doesn't have an answer. No, so, <laughs> no.
2: But he does know that those people are running things. Yeah. Those people. Uh,
1: and, and, and so, what kind of a great sin have I committed by wanting Russia and America to
0: be brothers, I don't want this for myself. I want this for the world. Cool. Expanding on that, Russia <laughs> h-
2: help. But, hold, furthermore, hold on, hold on. Hold on. This gets good here. This gets Alex. Alex. I guess Alex found something to bite into. It boy, he's going to take a big. He's going to take a big bite out of it.
0: Does. take out ISIS. Uh, Russia. Right after 9 11, gave us the most aid of any country, sent helicopters, you name it, to help us in Afghanistan. And again, Russia has kicked the globalist out of its country. That's why they hate it. We have the same globalist running our country right now, and that's why they hate sovereign nation states. And geopolitically, it would make perfect sense. I mean, we privately talked about. The real threat here uh, this uh, weekend geopolitically and why the globalists have, have have sided with another power and why they want to basically play the U.S. and Russia off against each other. Uh, can we speak about uh, China?
2: So this is where I told you that he tries to get Stephen to say that China, mm-hmm. China is the big bad boogeyman where it's all at. A little soft throw over to Stephen and Stephen doesn't take the bait.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I'll leave that to you because you've already come out and said it. But the fact of the matter is that at this point, we have a situation where people are trying. When I say people, you know who I mean.
3: Who? Nobody knows who you mean. Nobody knows. Okay, we do know. We know
2: exactly who he means. We know. Yeah, but I
3: want him to say it.
1: (laughs) Billions of dollars to make sure that America and Russia do not become allies. They fear that because they know that if Russia and America become allies, they will not be able to make America a communist one-world order.
0: That's right. And if you look at 1917, the very same globe. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
3: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, Alex. That's, the, that's the stab in the back myth. Alex,
2: we we know exactly who you all are talking about right now, buddy. We know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, so, Benedict, we do have one more portion. We no, we to. don't. I'm we do. leaving. Benedict, nope. Nope. we absolutely nope. have
3: nope. to. Nope. No, we don't. No, because you should have played it earlier. If we had to, you should have got to it quicker. Get better at editorial decisions.
2: I am very bad at that. Yeah. Uh, one quick bit. One Fine, quick go
3: bit. on. But I'm mad because at you.
2: The listeners deserve it. No, they don't. it's very relevant to our show in particular. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other ways. We were talking this weekend. Uh, your book, your novel, The Way of the Shadow Wolves, The Deep State, and the Hijacking of America, I mean, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, I, I've ordered wow. the book. I haven't read it yet. I, ah, I yeah, see, you were it's right. exactly
2: what's happening. I've ordered the book, but I haven't read
0: it <laughs> that it went to close to number one on Amazon. And then suddenly, and this has been in the news, they do this, they put fake reviews up on the top and remove your good reviews and basically drive them down and remove your stars. They admit Netflix does this to people they don't like. I mean, they're just rigging everything.
3: Netflix does this to people they don't like. Netflix literally controls what goes on their platform. What are you talking about? It's not like Amazon where anyone can publish a book and sell it on Amazon. Netflix doesn't. Oh, shit. You made a documentary we don't like. I'm going to downrank it with the algorithm. Alex saying
2: that this book was close to number one. Oh, and they've just hidden all the evidence that that happened. In in novels
3: written by martial artists. Yeah. Well, you know, uh,
2: (laughs) Tom Morrissey... The fact that he's still uh, doing card table signing events at gun shows for this book, Uh, I'm sure that's because of the wild success that he had with it.
1: Yeah, we caught them doing that. We had all these great reviews. uh, Not mine. what we call verified. And
2: I am a verified purchaser, and my review was not kind.
1: Purchases. And all of a sudden, one night, you know, maybe three, four, five, six weeks after the come out.
2: By the way, so when Alex the Alex has up on the screen the Amazon page for Way of the Shadow Wolves, which shows the list price of fourteen ninety nine discounted to two ninety nine. That is the that's the Kindle price of course. The Kindle price nice. is two ninety nine. Between three <laughs> o'clock in the
1: morning and six o'clock in the morning there were thirty bad reviews that came out at the same time and then we knew. And right after that, they started doing that. They started throwing up a situation where all of our good reviews that were from verified purchases were being pushed down to the bottom and all the bad reviews. They yeah, because they're getting older because new reviews are coming and then in. I figured out... He you had know, it sorted by
3: most recent. happening
0: right <laughs> away. It's amazing. And then again, I don't know if you're familiar with this or know this, but I mean, literally almost every night, on the so-called comedy shows they attack you
2: alex is obsessed with colbert he keeps bringing yeah it back it's up. again
0: it's very
3: trumpian
2: it's very trumpian that was all i had benedict that was all i needed to play um i thought that'd be a fun little first episode for the year um and again huge thanks once again to mike thunder uh for finding that for us i honestly cannot believe that we didn't find that back when we were doing that book it really it feels like sh- something I should have found. I don't know why I didn't It does,
3: do yeah. I don't know what you were doing.
2: My brain was broken, that's why. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> but <coughs> now we can going to make it through the outro without coughing. Maybe. Thank you all for listening. <coughs> no, I'm not going to be able to make it without coughing. I'm screwed. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, held that cough back, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Bradley Adams, Brian Smith, Sam Walsh, Right Wing Cruelty Isn't a Bug, It's a Feature, Dan L., Jamie Fritz, Teach Peace, Dr. Milman, Millennial, and Liam Swin Wombly, The Ghost of Larry Nichols, Jacob Johnson, Danny Rosari, Pause for the eh, 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 New Buildings Are a Global Conspiracy, Bubba D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson, Vetro, Tori, and the Gallant, Shadow Princess vs. the Raptor Wolves, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S., Tho, oh, Waha, Thetolsonator and His Lumps of Colsonator. Flack Weasel, Sadie's Sister Wednesday. Karen Dackler, Survivor, Survivors, Sur- <laughs> Survivor's huddle and Sir... Survivor's Huddle and Sir trying to forget the horrors of the Battle of the Cheesecake Factory. War on Christmas is hell. <laughs> Henry Louis King Jr. Is there, what do you, I love when you people change them, but it does throw me off as I'm trying to go through my list. Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Pause. A Restless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, A Walk in Lux, No Luxembourg, Luxembourg, Stefan, Elon is a Rogue State, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick Taru Cannon and Balls Watterson thank you all as always for being our patrons <coughs> that's it for this week's show till next time he could take their hats off with his feet goodbye goodbye